Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You're listening to Episode 2. In this episode, we join two of the judges in Chambers. Join us as we listen into a conversation in progress, inspired by a recent review of Blades in the Dark and the concept and history of rogues in RPGs. Come now, the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. One of the things Adam says near the end of the actual podcast is um, he talks about this might be a good game for groups of people who want to be bad guys. And I thought we might start with just a discussion of people who want to play thieves in D&D, like of any sort. Like we can talk about players who want to steal from other players, but we can also talk about the thief class, um, which is was not part of original D&D. It was added. Uh, just a little bit after uh, and caused some controversy when it was added. So I don't know. I I guess we could start with the, like, have you had that player, like the person who just wants to steal from everybody? Um, Yes. I've had that player in a couple different games that I've run of, of Dungeons & Dragons, both times as a dungeon master. I don't think I've played with a player like that. For sure, though... I have had that player and they do kind of cause some disruptions, especially when, you know, there's, there's almost like a violation of the, of the social contract of, uh, of playing a, a game at the table, right? People come into the game expecting a certain game and then that player tends to be a little disruptive. Sure. So, well, and sometimes it's it just does cause some issues. It's, it's a new experience. People, people don't know quite what the rules are. Right. And what the social the social rules of the table are. And there isn't a lot in (laughs) there's there's nothing in any of the books that says, like, don't steal party, nitwit. (laughs) Nobody ever says that to use a it. You know, it's hard to talk about something like this without broad generalizing, you know, strokes. But but it is typically a newer player. You know, someone who hasn't had the experience at the table that would give you that red flag, that big that big stop sign that says, well, maybe I shouldn't steal the thing from the paladin because that thing being in the paladin's hands might save me later. <laughs> or, ju- uh, or for the more meta reason, it might tick Bill off and I... Uh, have to see Bill at work tomorrow, <laughs> or, right? You know, whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it is typically a newer player. I find, at least in the couple instances that it's happened to me, and yeah, it's it's um it can be a tricky like social situation to navigate as well, right? Because it's a behavior that maybe you want to correct, but then you run into like, is it your place to correct sure. it? And if you're the dungeon master, I hold that, yes, it is your place to correct it. If it's not the sort of, you know, if it's not the interaction you want to have at the table, but, you know, that responsibility lies on your shoulders, but there's no instruction manual for doing it either. So, well, you know, I think it's one of those that DMs, GMs do have to kind of police antisocial behavior because it is a social game. And if everyone is to be having a good time, then there needs to be this certain amount of, hey, we're all playing on the same field. 
and we're all on the same team. And stealing from somebody else is not being part of the team. And I think that a lot of people, I don't know, maybe this is just my old man stuff coming up, but I feel like I see it more often from people who start gaming with video games, yeah, especially like those, the, the sort of thing where it's like, well, I'll steal from the town guard and see what happens. If I don't like what happens, I can go back to my previous save point. And that's not how D&D operates. But it's also, you can do it, I think. The examples that I've seen of people actually doing it successfully were those uh, players who decided as players to do to introduce this kind of thieving element. And you got one character who is a constant thief and the rest of the party supports that and plays along with it. But it does have to be some player buy-in. I remember a, a very clever, sly player I had who consistently played thieves and um, was very open about the fact that he was a thief and dishonest and the rest of the party just thought it was very funny and enjoyed completely and um, you know uh, mm-hmm. was perfectly oh, yeah. willing to accept that oh yeah no I that that crown disappeared from my inventory yeah let's let's not forget that um, I very famously played in one of your own games a con artist right you know who and and his answer to getting found out was to go deeper into a completely different con right right but but I think the the difference in that situation though was that that was that was the story up front right that was the this is the game we're gonna play this character is doing his best to pretend he's someone he isn't and and that's and that's the game right so the players knew what to expect and that was part of the fun was us kind of keystone copying our way around yeah. this fantasy yeah. world but but uh as you kind of as you kind of said you know if you don't have that player buy in if somebody kind of jumps the table with with that sort of gameplay it can maybe set some people on edge so yeah i think i think also um there are ways to kind of there are ways to mitigate that too as a dm that don't necessarily require you pulling the person aside and talking to them that sort of thing though I think that might be useful in certain situations, but part of the onus can be set on the uh, the, the GM or DM to uh, make sure that the rogue has stuff to do that right. is roguey and roguish that can help advance the party. You know, so mentioning that the uh, that the bad guy they're talking to has a scroll poking out of his pocket as a wink to the rogue, hey, maybe you might want to pickpocket this guy to figure out what he's up to. Or, you know, you're being tailed by somebody and maybe the rogue wants to tail that person in turn. You know, so making sure your rogue has opportunities to do things that are roguelike that are more than just I have backstab in combat um, is an important factor in this entire thing as well. So I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want to set the entire onus on the, on the, the player who's new at the table as a DM, you need to kind of like coax them and bring them along in this story and kind of show them that yes, you're a thief and a scoundrel, but you've found a way to use those skills for good, quote unquote. Or, or just, you know, your party, even if it's not necessarily for good. 
Yeah, even if it's not good. Yeah, even if it's not good to to help your party, if only for the simple fact that that same party will protect you from the guards when they come for you. Right. Yeah. You know, listen, this will up your economic standing. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. but that's interesting because I, you know, you think about I, I'm always trying to think about this stuff from the player perspective, and I think your kind of typical fantasy, the the things that you do if you're a fighter and a, a magic user or a a cleric seem fairly straightforward you know you're if you're a fighter it's like all right i get to wear all the cool armor and if there's a monster i know what to do i need I, you know i go up and bash it right and if you're the magic user it's like well you're here for taking care of the weird magical stuff that happens in the dungeon right for reading all the scrolls and knowing all the languages and that sort of stuff. And and Claire, it's like, yeah, you're here to heal buddies and, and get rid of undead, right? It's it but thief, it's almost like the thief as a class requires you to play a certain type of game. It's like, oh, we're gonna be stealthy. Like exploration tends to involve a certain amount of stealth, but it's not by yourself, right? And I guess that's one of the things that Blades in the Dark is interesting, is that it it sort of assumes if everybody's going to be ne'er do wells, rogues, bandits, then the whole game is going to be set up to do thief-like things. And I think that's for me that's one of the insights to for Blades in the Dark is that you're like okay, if the world if you thought of the world in thief terms, this is what it would look like. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. First off, shameless plug, if you haven't listened to episode one for Blades in the Dark, you should do so. Yes. Um, it's pretty <laughs> great. We played it. We really enjoyed Blades in the Dark, and uh, it's a good game. In short, uh, it is a game where you all play as rogues, and with everybody kind of playing as rogues, it does give you some some more... It gives you some more breathing room and options as a rogue, right? I feel like sometimes in D&D, whenever I've played a rogue in Dungeons & Dragons, it's it's like a, there's a negotiation that has to happen before you attempt some encounter. Like, hey guys, do you mind maybe if I like, you know, sneak up and backstab a couple guys before you come charging in with your <laughs> swords, swords, boards, and spells? Yeah. Can we attempt yeah, some strategy? Yeah. Yeah, could could maybe could maybe I get to do my thing? That'd be neat, you know. Whereas uh, Blades in the Dark, that is the way you play. Uh, Blades in the Dark can be, I mean, depending on how you guys kind of set out your expectations, the the game master is given a lot of leeway into like how deadly he can make that 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 experience for you and if um if that experience is deadly then uh you don't have much of a choice but to be stealthy and come up with a plan and and execute a plan where you you do your level best to not get caught because a fight with a guard might be might be your last or might severely injure you and take you out of the game for a bit well and it's also you know it's it's something interesting i was saying that you know the the other classes your other traditional fantasy classes have their kind of specific roles but i also think that one of the things that happened especially with modern like D is the uh, i'm thinking for like one of my favorite adventures that i've ever run was the um giant series so there's the hill giants and then there's the frost giants and then there's the was it fire giants mm-hmm. and in that the the whole point of that 
those modules is that you are vastly outnumbered and if you try and just barrel through you're going to get stomped into the ground and with the number of ways to heal yourself and to come back from you know virtual annihilation that like fifth edition or, or pathfinder have it's it's hard to see why you should be sneaky and yet there was a time in which sneaking around and picking your fights was part of a, an essential part of the game right I don't know what, I'm not sure where that was going. I was just thinking that once everyone was a thief, and this is actually the controversy that did when the thief class was introduced, which I think was in, I can't remember if it was like the second supplement or if it was in like Dragon Magazine or something, but the thing that people objected to was that the thief class made into a rule set things that people had been doing just as part of of gameplay. So... People had been describing, well, my character moves as quietly as possible down the hallway looking for trip wires and loose stones and testing the ground in front of me. And then you have a thief is like, ah, we'll find traps. Do I find any traps? Right? So it's now it's a mechanical on-off switch. And so there was this big objection. And the other objection was a more moral, like the thief introduces this dishonest element into the game and it's like you're going to a a hole in the ground and robbing (laughs) robbing tombs i don't (laughs) (laughs) where where was the moral uh high ground Uh the yeah the moral outrage yeah but you do get i mean in in blades in the dark i always felt very when we were when you were running us i always felt very fragile i felt like things could everyone else was much better armed and much more dangerous than we were. We had limited resources and we had, you know, we were always kind of on a short fuse of what we could manage. And I I happen to really like that style of gaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blades in the Dark kind of puts you into those sorts of situations, right? You guys are going to disguise yourselves and sneak yourselves into this fancy party and rob the estate's safe. Right. So so all of your weapons have to be concealed inside some fine some finery, uh, whereas the guards can all have breastplates and flintlock pistols and sabers. So, you know, if you get into a fight, it's you and you, the little knife you had strapped to your hip versus a guy with a flintlock pistol, you know. So so, yeah, it does put you in those situations where getting spotted is a is a uh, registered trademark. Very bad thing. Um, <laughs> very bad. Thing and, to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, you do have to be a lot more careful. Now, the thing that I really enjoyed about Blades in the Dark is that, of course, it gives you a lot of interesting ways to kind of mitigate that sort of stuff too, right? So you have these, like, you can establish a flashback and have a plan for a certain situation or or have a certain thing on you that, that helps you with that. And that kind of adds to the heist feel of, of things as well. But yes, uh, as far as, you know, the danger... Yeah, it's very present in Blades in the Dark. Yeah, well... Whereas, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, it's, you know, if you have that one hit point, you're still standing and fighting at full strength. Right. <laughs> and you're not really worried. Oh, man. Um, when I first started running BX, the Thief class in BX, so this is like the 1980 version, your hit die is a D4, like a magic user. And it's just like, oh, my God, could you be any more fragile? 
You were already, you know, you can't wear much in the way of armor and you can't wield the really awesome weapons. And now you have a D4 hit die and no yeah. spell. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Just stand behind someone else. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Well, you know, um, the the tagline for that first episode, you know, says, is it really that good to be bad? And, and I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit, too, where... You know, you're you're typical, and there are large air quotes around the words typical there. Your typical D&D game is a good game. You know, you're trying to stop the, the evil overlord. You're trying to stop the, the black dragon, or you're trying to end a war, or whatever the case may be. And fitting a rogue into that sort of game can feel a little weird at times, right? You know, what is this? Why does this rogue who uh, has spent his life... Uh, doing second story work, sneaking into houses and stealing things from people. Why does he want to go and kill that black dragon, right? And so, and there are plenty of ways to to come up with motivation and such, but sometimes I feel a little contrived. But I kind of wanted to draw some attention to in the game of Blades in the Dark we played, and then even the one that you and I played before we played the one on the podcast. Well, heck, that one, you guys formed a cult and spent yeah. the entire game trying to raise, like, the, the goddess beneath the ocean to right. come up and consume the world, yeah, yeah, right? Like, you guys were not good people. You murdered, you connived, you stole, yeah. um, you extorted, you arsoned. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you it's did true. everything. And it was very much not a not a quote-unquote good game so i guess maybe I, I don't really have a question at the end of that i just think it's interesting that I mean, blades in the dark affords you such an easy way to be bad whereas D, it's you know it's less easy you know the dm has to come up with a game and come up with a reason why your evil characters would care about something well yeah that's hmm that's true although I wonder about the, uh, how do I want to put this? Like, I, I got into D&D for the heroic fantasy, right? The, you know, I, I grew up with things like Narnia and Middle Earth and uh, other, you know, Conan, that sort of stuff. And it was like, go out there and, uh, and be heroic. And the thief is kind of a different type of hero, not to say it doesn't exist in literature, like Aladdin, Robin, that sort of thing, who is sure, yeah. who is the not heroic in the sense of facing off against evil, but more in like using underhanded means to expose the bad guy, right? To sort of reveal him for what he is or to, to take him down through sabotage it, right? You know, Robin Hood, rob from the rich, give to the poor sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I have to say, so that there is a, there's a capacity for being a kind of good scoundrel, right? And there's plenty of ex examples in fiction and movies of that sort of character. I have to say yeah. that as fun as playing like that cult was, or even the assassin guild that we did for the, the podcast, if I had not known that the game was ending, I would like if if I had thought that it was a like, hey, we're, this is our campaign for the foreseeable future. I would have I don't know that I would have wanted to be part of it because after a while I just get tired of murder and like evil, 
I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I want there to be interesting moral choices, sure, but I want the capacity to make a good choice. Does that make any sense? Yeah, there is a, a sort of there's a sort of freedom to being you know to being bad to being you know to being able to make the selfish choice because these guys are out for for money and out for power and out for fame there's a certain freedom to that but that freedom does come at a cost of sometimes those interesting choices so those moral choices that you that you just said is you know save the save the orphanage or or take the money for yourself if you truly are scoundrels and thieves then perhaps it's take the money for yourself and that's not necessarily a difficult choice it does sometimes take away from from those interesting choices that you get to make in in other games that is true yeah or or just like i don't know the, the we were we were cultists right and it's like hey let's uh, sacrifice some more people to our dark god like that there's a kind of darkly comic you know thing to that and that's funny mm-hmm. but after a while i'm like Ugh, i'm not i don't like how this feels I like I yeah. like that maybe this is the problem. Maybe I just I am not, I'm not the right person to talk about being a rogue. So because I, I tend to play clerics and paladins. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does it is a certain type of gameplay that you have to be that you have to be kind of keyed into, you have to be ready for. It's the same sort of gameplay you get from I don't know, maybe like trying to think of a, a good video game corollary to it like the hitman franchise or you know well heck there's a th- you know the thief franchise for that oh matter. sure yeah you know these games where yeah you're kind of morally ambiguous and and doing what you want to do there's a lot of uh yeah a lot of thiefing but you know to some extent yeah the at least blades in the dark you do have this sort of like larger meta game of like trying to climb this ladder you know, trying to build an empire. So, you know, I think I think that game works pretty well for people that really want that sort of experience where you start out as a ragtag group and you kind of build build an empire because that's ultimately kind of the end goal of that game is to, to be at the top of the, the criminal enterprise. But yeah, you do have to... Uh, it is a game for certain players, right? Yeah. So. Although I do have to say, going that uh, character you played who was a con man like that to me for some reason that that always felt much more like a coen brothers movie because characters were very obviously the bad guys in a way but it was just more like you had gotten into the situation over your head and were just you know one step ahead of the law or you know what was you know the natural mm-hmm. uh, order of things reasserting itself and for some reason i don't f- quite feel the same way about it. for that that was fine for me i had a great time but like hey let's bring somebody else to the altar ah <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think uh, a part of it with that game too is that it was it was less about being the the thief and con artist and more about just like I got myself into this situation and I right. try to dig myself out of it, but every time I get close, something else you happens. know, something yeah. else happens. 
you know and and so he's always pivoting from from one from one con to the next because he's just trying to stay ahead of the law and just trying to stay ahead of of everybody finding out who he is and and even that character you know i almost played him kind of robin hoodish at times right he he tried to make decisions that were at least somewhat morally right while he was for some reason uh, impersonating a lord it just uh, happened it just happened <laughs> so so he was he j- yeah he just kind of fell into it you know so he was trying to make good decisions and such and all the while trying desperately to get out of the situation but you know of course you know he becomes this lord and then you know the woes of this yeah. lord's people you know their plight hits him and so he's gonna oh, fix I can't it leave him now i gotta fix this there were just no good ways to run off but actually that makes me think have you ever heard the song the simon and garfunkel song um keep the customer satisfied i have not okay sometime you know later on tonight look it up on itunes or whatever um it is as far it might it is this theme song for barkless <laughs> just one step ahead is, is basically the, <laughs> the chorus yeah so rogues and games so we, we've been talking about favorite favorite characters obviously your your con man was a favorite of yours do you have any favorite you know pcs that you've run um mm-hmm. Like of rogue roguish bent, I, I I can tell you one of my favorite experiences with a rogue was a, a guy who it's one of these situations where it was the younger brother of a player, a regular player, and he wanted to join, and so you know he he came in, and the rest of the group was already formed, and so mm-hmm. he made a rogue and did all of the typical young rogue mistakes, you know, like stealing from the party and that sort of thing but i just remember uh we were halfway through a long dungeon crawl and i got suspicious this was in third edition and i got suspicion suspicious that people weren't keeping track of encumbrance properly and they had been away from civilization for quite a while without getting rid of their loot or anything like that and this guy was playing a halfling with a riding dog and one evening as the game was starting, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to do a, you know, a surprise inspection. Everybody calculate your encumbrance. And he had been carrying all of the coin loot. And it was some, yeah, it was something like almost a thousand pounds of gear on his halfling. Uh, because oh, no. I think it was something like every, I can't remember, it was like every 50 or every 20 coins was worth, a, was weighed a pound. And he just hadn't counted that in his encumbrance. And <laughs> discovering this, you know, again, he's a young, he's a younger kid. And in order to kind of get out from under, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> My dog is carrying that. I'm like, congratulations, your dog is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very dead. Flattened under the giant pile of coins. Yeah. So I just, that was, that's a favorite memory of mine, so. Barkless, the the poor con artist, is probably my favorite. The funny part wasn't actually a rogue. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but he he was a very roguish character. Um, yes. probably my favorite favorite of the archetype that I ever ran. I've had a couple others. Um, they they were usually fairly stereotypical. I've I've had a couple rogue like NPCs that I've run that I really enjoyed. 
this this uh, one rogue that just plagued the party. He would just like keep showing up at places, and every time he would show up and he would leave, somebody would be missing something, you know, just oh, to like nice. just to terrorize yeah. the party and give them something to do for a night when I didn't have something planned or something, you know, uh, yeah. because I'm a bad DM sometimes. Um, yeah, and <laughs> you just need an encounter, um, right? Yeah. Barkless is probably my favorite just because of that weird Cohen brothers sort of interaction we had going the entire time. I'd enjoyed <laughs> yeah. that a lot. Oh man. Yeah. So much fun. I have not played a rogue in the new Pathfinder yet. So I'd be interested in seeing what that looks like at some point. Yeah. I am. I, I feel as if the opportunities for rogues in like fifth are, are, pretty robust like there are a lot of different options for the type of rogue you want to play but uh i don't know um blades in the dark offers so many so many shades of gray for for different types of scoundrels i do love the fact that you know not only does blades in the dark give you so many interesting rogue flavors but then you sit around and you build a character sheet for your crew which is pretty fun too i've also had um thinking about old rogue characters in my games i had a character you know i'm sure people have had this you have the one character who seems to be cursed by the dice and just can't catch a break and i had a guy who had one of those rogues and it was a tragic comedy to watch him you know fail at every conceivable level couldn't sneak couldn't hide couldn't backstab and it was it had nothing to do with like he'd built the character wrong or anything. He just had crap roles. And it seemed as if every single time it was the rogue's time to shine. It's just <laughs> 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 Yeah, I feel like I've been that person before too. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to... We could always have Adam splice in stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll edit this out. Okay, it's fine. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>